Thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. If you haven't already done so, please do subscribe and give us a rating. And it would really help if you shared the show with your friends. We're all in this together. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marslin. Doing their bit, how CCTV footage has revealed Harry and Meghan secretly delivering food to the needy in lockdown LA. You can imagine how, how surprised you'd be if they turned up unannounced with, with masks and gloves delivering you a fish pie or something. Evening Standard Insider Editor Lucy Pavio on the former royal's unexpected intervention and why Meghan's backing our Food for London Now appeal. Also, Dance is a very unique sport in the sense that you can, you know, play in your living room or your garage or whatever, and there's no barriers to playing in the home. And there's very few sports that can actually do that. Coronavirus nearly wiped out the live sports calendar, but darts remain standing. Commentator Ian Danter on how it survived the pandemic. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, why Megan's making food poverty a priority in this pandemic. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Wearing face masks and baseball hats with no visible security, Harry and Meghan have been spotted on CCTV in West Hollywood delivering food to a housing unit for the disabled. In the shots, they're seen gathering their bags from the back of a car, hitting the gate buzzer and walking inside. It's the first time the couple have been seen in LA since moving there after quitting the royal family. But food poverty is an issue Megan's been raising since long before the pandemic began. And now she's also announced she's backing the Evening Standard's Food for London Now campaign, saying she's been moved by the people donating to our appeal. Insider editor Lucy Pavia is with me over Zoom. And Lucy, Megan and Harry seem to be really making food shortages their thing during this pandemic. They have. And it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's such a, it's such a sort of crucial thing. And it, it, it sort of says a lot about their the way that they operate really and because food has become a huge you know element of this 
this crisis. And I believe the, the appeal has now raised one and a half million. So I think they're just very, very keen to kind of get stuck in. And interesting that this is the kind of thing that they're doing now that they're outside of the royal family, getting really close to people, aren't they? Yeah, and there's a real sense there's a real freedom. Um, she's probably sort of gaining a bit of her old self back, um, you sense, really, over there. And and there was no, you know, none of the pictures were staged. It wasn't some sort of um, publicity stunt. They just kind of got out there and did it. And then naturally, because it's Meghan and Harry, there were the pictures eventually taken of them doing it. But yeah, it feels like a real kind of grassroots thing that they're doing um, behind the scenes, which is, um, and it, you know, making a huge difference as well. Although, you know, you can imagine how, how surprised you'd be if they turned up unannounced with, with masks and gloves delivering you a fish pie or something. It goes back to her, um, you know, the original cookbook she did. The very, very first project she did was the Grenfell cookbook. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely, um, it's something she's done before. It's, and she, she loves cooking. I mean, she used to blog quite a lot about cooking. So it, it all kind of ties in with what she's about. And also Prince William and Kate have been doing their thing as well. They've lent their voices to uh, an advertisement for an NHS campaign about mental health. They have, yes, every mind matters. We can feel frustrated, miss loved ones or get anxious. So now, more than ever, every mind matters. It feels like a very um, natural step for them because it's familiar territory. They, they obviously launched Heads Together in 2016 with, um, with Harry as well. Um, and um, it's, it's, again, it's very practical. Um, every mind matters. It's a 10-point plan to help support people with their mental health during quarantine. Um, yeah, and it's, again, it's, it's a brilliant initiative and, so, and building, really, building on something that the young royals have really made a pillar of their work um, and far more practical, I think, than a celebrity rendition of Imagine. Although, you know, a royal family rendition of Imagine would really uh, up the fans, I think. And while they were launching this campaign, Prince William spoke for the, the first time about his father, the Prince of Wales, Charles uh, being diagnosed with COVID-19. And he's been talking about his concern for his father at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's 71. Um, it would probably be more surprising if William um, said he wasn't concerned about his father, really, because he's in the high-risk age category. And also, you know, all the royals are spread out across the country. I mean, um, William and Kate are in Norfolk. Um, Charles is at Burkle Cottage in Balmoral. So, you know, 400 and over 400 miles away. So... I think, you know, it's a feeling of helplessness that relatives have experienced and are experiencing all, all over the world, um, you know, worrying about people who are in the vulnerable category. Um, so it, it would have been slightly strange for William not, not to have mentioned it, I think. Next. Peter Wright himself was saying that his wife is setting up his camera for him because he hasn't got a clue. Darts commentator Ian Danter on why it's the last live sport standing, but could others follow? Football's gone, Wimbledon's been cancelled, not even the Olympic Games could survive the spread of coronavirus, but one sport is still standing, darts. 
For those missing their live fix of competitive action, almost all of the game's biggest stars will be taking part in the PDC Home Competition being broadcast from their own homes. The exceptions being Michael Van Gerwen, who's looking after his new baby, and Gary Anderson, whose broadband's not up to scratch, according to the organisers. The Evening Standard's editorial column is looking forward to the battle and wants more. Live sport is back, sort of. Dart stars are playing from home, online. Credit to them for trying. Next, will we see Andy Murray hitting a ball against a wall? Or Ben Stokes alone against a bowling machine? Sport in isolation is getting creative. Joining me over Skype is Talk Sports Darts commentator Ian Danter. And Ian, how can a sport like darts, with its dramatic walk-ons, its rock music and audiences, adapt to being played in players' houses? Well, I don't think it's a problem at all. Mainly because when you think about all the televised tournaments that we watch, whether it's the World Championships, whether it's Premier League, whether it's World Match Play, Grand Prix, whatever, for every one of those major tournaments, there's a whole surfeit of tournaments that take place in places like Wigan and Milton Keynes and Barnsley, which are known as floor tournaments for those that aren't familiar. And these are the, the, the ranking tournaments where players build up points. And these are played on the floor with no audience. So the players themselves are used to playing with literally no atmosphere around them other than a scorer calling what they're scoring. So for the players, this won't be too much of a departure other than if any of them have a slight problem with setting up um, Zoom or Skype or whatever. Obviously, it's different from our perspective as an audience, you know, uh, watching it without the, the noise that gets generated at Alexandra Palace or the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. But I think, you know, we're all realising just how much we have to see past that in so many regards in order to, to, to see what we want to see, which is some competitive action. Are you, as a sports fan, missing that live action fix? And can this, can darts fill that for you? We have to appreciate that, you know, these are uncharted times and all bets are off. And we have to wait until such times as it is safe for everybody to re-engage with live sport as an audience. So there's the way it ought to be and there's the way it is. And I think darts is as well equipped as any sport to deal with the way it is and ride out the obvious lack of audience and what that might do to an atmosphere. But yeah, as I say, it deals with the way it is and is dealing with the way it is because this this tournament starting tonight on the PDC's own channel, um, it's the one that the, the obviously the governing body have got behind, but there have been other little tournaments that have sprung up before that, my good friend Paul Nicholson, the asset, has been taking part in a little floor tournament with uh, some of the other players like Mark Webster. So, you know, the seed has already been sown for, for what's starting tonight. I wonder if other sports bodies are going to be looking at this, seeing if it's successful and then maybe trying something themselves. Darts is a very unique sport in the sense that you can, you know, play in your living room or your garage or whatever, and there's no barriers to playing in the home. And there's very few sports that can actually do that and, and, and give you that opportunity. I mean, snooker could probably do it because all the professionals have got snooker tables at home, but organise it so that they play separate frames. You know, who's first <laughs> to clear the table? It's not that straightforward. Darts, it's so much more straightforward because, you know, you're playing one after the other, 
It's still needed, though, the, the governing body to go, right, right, how do we get around this? So, you know, it's still innovative, but the chance was there for darts to take it. Some F1 drivers took part in an eSports competition. Uh, you might remember Leighton Orient set up a FIFA match, which ended up getting involved with some of the biggest clubs in Europe. Can we see more of that? Yeah, eSports was always going to benefit one way or the other from a lockdown. That's fine. The eSports has, you know, that that's it's got its own, its own, you know, route to take. But in terms of live sport, where you can actually see on a camera what's going on in real life with, you know, real human beings launching darts at a board rather than imaginary darts on an app like I might have on my phone, that's a different level altogether. It might be a generational thing but it's easier for some people to tie in with and buy into it because they can see Peter Wright, for example, tonight, you know, throwing darts at, at a board. So with this competition, if someone's just a casual fan of the sport or if they've never seen darts before at all, what sort of things should people be looking out for? Well, what will be interesting is whether the tension that is created in either match play or set play in, in darts between two players can translate to when they're in two separate locations uh, and whether a player who's, say, on double four, uh, the other player's back on 187 or something, whether that player who throws from 187 and gets to a double places the same sort of pressure onto the, the other guy who's on double four to still hit that, whether it's a floor event that I mentioned at the start of this interview where there are no people around, but it's still, you know, one-on-one. And you can see the other player and there's a psychological aspect to it. Does that psychological aspect transfer to when one player's in, you know, Surrey and another player's in, I don't know, Wales or Scotland or something? Um, that's going to be interesting to see how that works. But, yeah, look, as I said, there's a lot of personalities in, in the game of darts. There's a lot of, you know, people that do attract fan bases. That's wonderful to see. You go to the, 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 the world finals and the amount of paraphernalia and merchandise that people lap up, that, you know, everyone's buying Peter Wright mohawk, like, wigs they can stick on. And they, they, they lap it up. They absolutely love it. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be very, very happy to see this happening. And whilst there might be a few technical problems along the way, I think a lot of sports will look at what Darts is doing here with this and think, well, is there any way that we can translate our sport into a way that, that makes it work in a, in a domestic environment? Very tough. Good on them for putting this together. And that's the leader coronavirus daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 